Welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast. You're getting a lot of podcasts this week, but uh, it's a busy time. We have football recruiting heating up. You have basketball recruiting heading to Italy. Uh, Derek Piper, you heard from that earlier in the week. But Isaac Trotter and I are sitting down and just previewing the 2019 training camp. One of Isaac Trotter and I's favorite times of the year because I'm, I'm so happy Lovey Smith, who generally has been very, you know, doesn't like to have open practices, likes to keep things in-house for the most part. But after years in the NFL where his training camps had to be open, uh, he is keeping practice open. That, that kind of surprised me when he got here. But I think it's really important not only to reach out to fans and, and they can go there, and there's never a ridiculous huge crowd there recently with the, the struggles they've had, but it allows the, the reporters like us to really get to know the team and, and to tell the stories of these players and to tell the stories of these teams. So I'm very happy about it, Isaac Trotter, and this, this is a fun time of year for us where we really get to delve into this team, get to know these guys, what they look like on the field, the dynamic with everybody, and it's also a great chance if fans are that into it to really get to come and see practice, how these guys operate, and see what these guys, these new players especially, look like. Yeah, I, I mean, I like this almost as much as I like Christmas. Like This is like one of my favorite <laughs> couple weeks just because it's all football from the beginning to the end, and some days are boring, and sometimes the drills are a little bit monotonous, but you do learn a lot about these guys, and we can get our deep cuts in, who are the third-string defensive tackle that we're excited about, or mm-hmm. to get to get a good look at some of these youngsters that you might not see on the field too much this year, but you see what their development has been and what they might be in the future. And you got an intriguing, although small, freshman class that we both really, really like some of these pieces here. So I'm excited. It's going to be so fun. Friday's going to be a good day. Well, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to do some position battles to watch, and I, I don't know how many there are, but then that's probably a good thing because I think uh, with so many returners, you kind of know what you have. We'll break down the freshmen. We'll do a who's your guy because we've got to have a guy right that we're kind of bought into. We'll give ours a little bit later on uh, in this show. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a, sw- a quick break, but we'll focus on the big picture of expectations for this season, the biggest questions, and just kind of taking a look at this roster and how much it's changed. That's next. New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent island, you got here. Walk to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching, these have been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, Isaac Trotter, let's talk about the big picture of this season. Expectations. Four and a half, uh, four, some three and a half is the over-under. I think I'd take over on all of those, but my expectation is just for this team to be better, right? I, I don't know how that will manifest in wins, but I think the biggest thing is I think they'll be more competitive. I think that margin of victory or margin of loss, whatever it is, is going to be much uh, shorter. I think Purdue, I don't think they're going to be blown out. You know what I mean? I just think this the stats are going to look a lot better defensively, and we'll break that down here in a little bit. But I just expect this team to be better. I don't know how much of a change that will make in the final win total, but I expect them to be better, look better. Yeah, I agree. I think you just have the depth of the roster is getting back to where it needs to be. I think you've added a lot of athleticism, 
both in the grad transfer market and in the freshman class here. That can change a little bit. And let's be honest, you didn't really lose too much either. Delshawn Phillips is a big loss on the defense at linebacker, but offensively you lose A.J. Bush, which is decent, a decently sized loss. Nick Allegretti is obviously a big loss on the offensive line. But for the most part, those are the three big ones. Chase McLaughlin, I guess, could be a fourth one. Mm-hmm. But oh, you're not replacing as much. You have more returning depth as anybody in the league. And so while other Big Ten teams got better, I like the depth of where this program's at. I think line play, you're ready to compete on both sides of the ball. Age-wise, you have talent up up and down throughout this roster, and you have experience, too. All of these defensive backs have played in a lot of games. Your offensive line has, what, 74 combined starts already coming in? Like you're, It's time to compete. It's time to win. Yeah, I think when you brought up biggest losses, I thought about that. And Allegretti definitely sticks out. A.J. Bush, who invigorated this offense a little bit. Um, Delshawn Phillips, of course. I think the biggest losses for this season might be guys who left midseason last year. Yeah. Right? Like Lou Dorsey, Bennett Williams. If those guys were on this team, you wonder how it would change last year, right? Like, it, you probably win USF if, if Bennett Williams is on the field. Uh, you might not, uh, you might be more competitive. Secondary might not get burned as much. Um, but Lou Dorsey, I, I, I don't know. Last year could have been a lost year for him regardless because of the off the field concerns. But if you came in this year with Dorsey and Barker again, you'd feel better about that position. So those, to me, feel like the biggest losses. As, as big as Allegretti is, I mean, he had four years of him. It's those guys who were great as a freshman, and that's all you got. Absolutely. And, and I, we have to throw Bobby Roundtree in there now, too. Yeah, that's of course. An, yeah. Just a horrible, horrific injury, and that's going mean, to be a three huge of the loss. Best- Three of the best gets out of your first class. Yes, and you could say Larry Boyd was a fourth fourth one, and and there's not there either. So you have Boyd, Williams, Dorsey, and Roundtree that aren't going to be on the field for you this year, and those were – those, those are key cogs. Those are those are going to be big, big losses. So you're right. It's going to be tough. And it's not like this entire team that you bring back is like a full team from last year. There's massive questions. There's big holes on defense. And that defense needs to take a huge step forward. There's big question marks at quarterback, which will be very fun to get into. But it, it, it's not a complete product. But at, at the end of the day, Lovey Smith has increased the talent that you have here. It's increased the athleticism. You have played all those freshmen and sophomores for the last two years. Now they're juniors you got to play at a high level. I think your most optimism has to be on offense where Rod Smith just gave this team an absolute identity, right? I mean, and that's the other expectation this year. I think they're going to be more fun to watch. And that's what Rod Smith brought last year was a more entertaining brand of football. Listen, Nebraska was not fun giving up 55 points, but it's kind of fun to be in a shootout, right? Like it's, it's much better to be in that game than I think the, the Purdue game a, a couple years ago, the Minnesota game a couple years ago where, where some of those teams are just struggling to do anything. And, and Illinois offense felt like even though you're only down maybe a touchdown or two, you felt like you had no chance. Like last year, at least you felt like you could keep up with some of those teams, right? Maryland, uh, your defense was absolutely atrocious, but you did have some fun with offense and, and what you were able to do there. So uh, I, I found it to be a more entertaining brand of, of football. But uh, on the flip side, the biggest question isn't quarterback for me. It's can Lovey Smith have a successful defense? Because we haven't seen it yet. Bill Cubitt's defense, Tim Banks' defense was better. Now they were older that year, but it's been a concern that Lovey Smith hasn't really had a, a, a solid defense. Maybe his first year when you know Hardy Nickerson was there, Dewan Smoot was still here. They were, uh, but like uh, the last two years, it's it's been. Really bad. I know they lost some guys last year. They had some injuries on defense. But I found it really inexplicable that that defense took even a bigger step back and and was even worse last year. So Lovey Smith putting himself in charge, I I find it um, 
I, I think it's a, a good thing. I think it's refreshing to see him put it all on himself, not putting it on another defensive coordinator. You can disagree with the higher Miles Smith all you want, but that's more of Lovey putting it on himself and having a guy on staff that knows exactly what he wants. So this is all on Lovey Smith, and that kind of goes to another question, Isaac, of should Lovey Smith be in the hot seat? I, I think so, right? Like if you're not, if you don't have pressure now in year four three recruiting classes, and, and whether it's bull or bust, you can decide for yourself. But, yeah, if you have another defensive year like last year, I think you should be on the hot seat. No question, because the defensive coaching last year was very, very bad. I mean, after you have Hardy Nickerson there, I mean, he leaves midway through the season, and you saw Illinois play a little bit better defense against Minnesota when Lovey Smith took over as the play caller, and you thought that that might be the change. But then later in the season, you just get absolutely thrashed by Iowa. And there's times where you can't, you just can't give up 63 points a game last year, like you did three times last year. Three times. Maryland, (laughs) Iowa, and Penn State all scored 63 points against you you just can't do that so this defense has to take a huge step forward should we be having a hot seat conversation on lovey smith absolutely absolutely i mean we i I get that the recruiting class has gotten a lot better um throughout this last little bit but on the field wise you have got to improve this defense has to take a substantial step forward the offense has to continue the groove that they have and you've got to make a dent in the big 10 west you can't just be a bottom feeder anymore you can't just have these conversations be like you know this is an open big 10 west but every analyst will say yeah, it's open in, in the Big Ten West, except for Illinois. I could make a case that every team will win it. Like Eventually, yeah. you've got to start passing up some of these teams. It's time to surprise, right? Like Other teams have been at Purdue's been a surprise. Minnesota's end of last year was a surprise, right? Northwestern winning the Big Ten West last. When can Illinois be the surprise? When was the last time? A 6-0 start in 2011, and then yeah. they found her. Um, 2010 was a solid season. Uh, where they scrapped their way to a bowl game and beat Robert Griffin III. The Rose Bowl felt like the really last, I guess, 2014. Got to give Tim Beckman credit for that. Riley O'Toole and Bill Cubitt, right? Um, I guess that was a surprise getting to a bowl game. But it was time for that tenure to do it, too. It's time for this coaching staff to get to a bowl game. And and I, I don't know if it's bowl or bust, but and it should be an expectation now, and, and it shouldn't be an unrealistic expectation. Well, and it, it shouldn't be an ex, or it should be an expectation because again, how many freshmen are going to come in and play a ton of uh, snaps for Illinois this year? Probably two, maybe three, right? Like, that's it. It's time. It's time. You have juniors and redshirt sophomores that have been in the weight room for three years. They're 21, 20 years old. They're tw- almost 22-year-olds. You have some seniors now that have been around the block. Like, you're not playing teenagers anymore, right? This isn't like when you had a 17-year-old Isaiah Gay starting on the defensive end, uh, right? Like, this isn't it anymore. It's right. time to compete. And these guys are, are juniors now with, with 20 games of experience. I mean, you're Owen Carney. You have 22 <laughs> games of experience already in two years. That's more than some guys get at other programs, so it's time to play like it. Yeah, it's time for those uh, that experience, that experiment of playing all these young guys to pay off later. Now is later. Right, like yeah, now, yeah. Not, now is that time uh, to take that big step forward. So uh, that's going to be fun to watch. But there is a, there's excitement, obviously, in that too, right? Like that this this experience, and you got to give kudos. And and we've brought this up a couple times now. You look back at this 2019 class. I, I was looking at this the other day, and you know they just add Devin Witherspoon to it, another cornerback. But you, you start to look at that class, and it's not just. Uh, the high school guys that they got with Isaiah Williams and Marquez Beeson and Shimon Cooper, Keith Randolph, Moses Powell. That's a, that's as good of a top, um, of a class as Illinois has had in a long time. Then you had some guys, you know, later on in the class. 
But you add Luke Ford to that, Brandon Peters, Joshi Matorbebe, Trayvon Sidney, Wally Batiku, Richie Pettibon, and outside of Pettibon, all those guys are multi-year guys. That's as good of an influx of talent as Illinois has had a long time. So, Isaac, how does this roster now compare to the rest of the Big Ten when it comes to talent? I think it's better. I think it's clearly ahead of Rutgers. I think you're more in the same line as Purdue. I don't think the talent level between Purdue and Illinois is much different. I don't think the talent level between Illinois and Minnesota is that much different. But you have eventually you got to prove it on the field, right? And we can yep. talk about how the depth chart looks better, and you you can talk about how all of these different guys. You could add even Milo Eifler into the mix there as a guy who's yep. going to be able to play right now for the first time. You have more dudes that can play, but you got to prove it. So I think Illinois is definitely no doubt hands down ahead of Rutgers. But it's hard for me to put them ahead of everybody else until I see it on the field. But I think they're much more competitive with the Nebraskas of the world. They're much more competitive with Purdue, with Minnesota. I think the the, the talent gap between Illinois and Iowa isn't 63 nothing. That's much closer than what it is. I think you're in a position where you could be able to surprise Northwestern. Yep. Indiana, similar. I think even, even a team like Wisconsin, Illinois played with the last few years. Now it's a time to, like you said, surprise. It shouldn't be a shock. Like, you can shock a team once or twice. It's okay to have an upset once or twice. Your best win in Lovey Smith's career shouldn't be a, a, a win over Minnesota last year where you score 55 points. You know what I mean? Like, that, that shouldn't be the number one win of the Lovey Smith tenure. you gotta, you got to beat some teams now. Yeah, how about a ranked win? Right. That's the last time Illinois had a ranked Arizona win. State, right? Isn't that the last ranked I win? I think so. They keep updating this. I think they're one in twenty-four the last uh, twenty-five games yeah. against ranked opponents. Time to change that, like right? I mean, this is kind of a year to update stats, uh, update those stats against ranked opponents. Last time you made a bowl game. Last time you won a road more, Big ten game win. How about last time you won more than three Big Ten games? Yeah, right. Something like that. Uh, it'd be nice to to change that. Uh, other big question, of course, is will the offense be better? Right. I mean, the offense took a huge leap last year. 10 points per game. Is Reggie Corbin going to have as many long runs as he had last year? With If you have Brandon Peters as your quarterback, is your rushing attack still going to be good? And then how much better does your passing attack get? I'm really interested to see the new wrinkles of Rod Smith's offense, whether it's Isaiah Williams, whether it's Brandon Peters uh, in at quarterback, uh, but now with more weapons at wide receiver, but they're all unproven. So I'm really interested to see this next maturation process of this offense and how much better can they get? Do they go from 26 points a game to 28? Or do they go from 26 to 32, where all of a sudden you're one of the better offenses in the Big Ten? Yeah, I, th- I think the 26 to 28 is probably more realistic. And I wouldn't even be shocked if there's a little bit of a downturn with this offense. Let's so remember, a lot of things went really good last year offensively. You got some of those big home run, uh, long 72-yard touchdown runs from Dre Brown and Reggie Corbin and those big runs. Maybe those aren't there. But I do think that this offense is going to be more well-rounded this year, definitely, regardless of who's that quarterback, whether that's Isaiah Williams or Brandon Peters. Both of those guys, I think, will be more talented throwing the football than A.J. Bush was. A.J. Bush is a big loss. He started to play well at the end of the year last year. Illinois might beat Northwestern last year if Sam Mays catches a couple touchdown passes because A.J. Bush played a really, really good game. So I expect Illinois' offense to take a a step forward. They're going to be at 28 points a a, a game, maybe 29 I think that Immator Bebe and Sydney will come in and be able to play. I think Ricky Smalling will bounce back. This offensive line is older and, and I think will be better than what they were last year, especially if Kendrick Green takes a, a big leap forward like we all expect. So offensively, there will be better, but, but again, how much better is the real question here. 
What do we make uh, of this schedule? Um, outside, you know, obviously they got to get off to a three and zero start, right? Most likely, yes. right? I, you got Akron, UConn, Eastern Michigan. I went back through the last twenty years. There hasn't been a better non conference schedule, and I don't know if there's been a better non conference schedule in Illinois history than to start three and zero with this one. Um, Nebraska. At home, that's a, man another hard start. When Nebraska has that offense, it's a great test for your defense. But then immediately you get two weeks later to prepare for Minnesota, and I'm I'm really interested in that because you get two weeks. And what I think, I don't know if it's a must-win game, but it's one of those games that if you win, it changes the rest of the yeah. season. Because then after that, if you start three and zero and you lose the next two against Nebraska, Minnesota, you got Michigan uh, at home, Wisconsin at home. Purdue on the road. Tough. It's really tough. I, th- I do think that Minnesota game's a swing game. On paper-wise, Minnesota's gotten a lot better with their running backs that they're getting back that are healthy. Their wide receivers are awesome. Tyler yes. Johnson's a stud. Rashad Bateman's really good. They got a couple kids from Texas that I really, really like. But you, if you're Illinois, you go, well, we really like Nate Hobbs and Quan Martin. We think they're going to take a step forward. So that should be a really intriguing battle. But if Illinois, say they start 3-0, and three and they lose to Nebraska, but they're able to go on the road and beat Minnesota, you're 4-1 heading into the Robert Rosenthal game against <laughs> Michigan, right? 10-12-19, we've heard for whatever a couple years now you have some momentum now you could maybe have a North Carolina uh, kind of night where you have that that yeah. stadium absolutely packed at home and you're able to surprise and then you go okay Illinois football's back like you but in order you for got that to Buckus happen, there right, you know, Bu- right. Buckus is going to be there because of the uh, exactly yeah. exactly like in order for that to happen though you got to go on the road and face a Minnesota team that's going to have revenge on their mind so Minnesota's the swing game for me when I look at the schedule I go three non-conference games and Rutgers are four wins that Illinois just got to have the, the thing about the Rutgers game is it's later in the season this year yeah so you want to be healthy you want to be feeling good but and you don't want Rutgers is much better than Rutgers right Rutgers is not a good team right They're you got so you got to have that one at four and oh but being late I wish that game was flipped with Minnesota sure right like I feel like if you had that game you'd feel really good going into October absolutely so it, it really feels like this season could come down to Minnesota Purdue and Northwestern and if Illinois is able to find a way to win two out of those three games and they're in a bowl game Mm-hmm. Then everything changes with this season. Those are the three games that really stick out to me the most. I I would really like Illinois to be at a situation where they are five and six heading into that Northwestern game at home, the last game of the year with bowl eligibility on the line. That'd be that'd, fun. That'd be really fun. <laughs> that'd be fun, um, and that'd be interesting. Uh, how much would actually be on the line in, in that game, right? But I think it would be a more fun season, a more competitive season. Like you just think of how much if they beat USF last year, how much that would have oh. changed the scope of the season and just your excitement about the season even with the blowouts but that's the key like nebraska michigan wisconsin michigan state iowa you're going to be huge underdogs right but sneak one of those out it, ch- it changes the whole perception of your pro like think of purdue with some of the big wins they've had under brahm they've had some bad losses right minnesota clobbered them eastern michigan beat year. them eastern michigan but they people remember ohio state Right, the moment that does, and what a guy like Rondale Moore does for your program, think of how different the perception is of Purdue and Illinois the last couple years, just because of those two factors. For sure, and it it does matter how it looks. Sixty-three, nothing can't happen again. Sixty-three, thirty-three to Maryland can't happen again. Sixty-three, twenty-four to Penn State, where they score what forty-two points unanswered in the fourth quarter. It just can't happen again. So it it really is the product on the field, and you got to finally beat one of those teams. I I look at Wisconsin, I go, that's a team that you've played with the last few years. Why? Why can't you beat them, right? Why yeah. can't you? Just stop the run one time, you know what I mean? If, if you can sell 
lot to stop the run. Their quarterback situation is very much up in shambles. Make them make some plays in the passing game and let your ball hawking secondary go make a play. So you just got to find a way to get some of those done. All right, when we come back, let's break down the position. We're not going to go position by position, but we'll kind of talk about the strengths of the team, the biggest weaknesses of the team, then the position battles to watch. We'll do that coming up next. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. He is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's break down this roster just a little bit more as we look at some of the position battles to watch. I have four that I'm really interested in. We can get nitty-gritty with some depth, which Isaac and I like to do, and go deep here. But what are the biggest strengths of this team, Isaac? Let's start offensively. What do you think is the biggest strength? Offensive line and running back. An mm-hmm. offensive line, especially from your starters, you love what Alex Palczewski has become. Vidarian Lowe has taken a step forward. Doug Kramer is a gritty, solid veteran. Richie Pettitbon, Alabama transfer, looks like he'll be a serviceable right guard. And then, of course, the breakout candidate this year, Kendrick Green. You think that he could really, really have a huge, huge redshirt sophomore season. So I think the offensive line and the running backs, the depth that you have there, I feel like the running game should be a no-doubt strength of this team still. And if that offensive line can stay healthy and you're able to keep Reggie Corbin on the field, Mike Epstein, Rayvon Bonner, Dre Brown, and the rest of those running backs, you feel really good about offensively what Illinois can do. Now, you just can't get in a big hole because then you're going to rely on the passing game, and those are still where a lot of the unknowns are with this offense. Yeah, I would say the weakness is still – I mean, we don't know about quarterback, but I feel like you're going to get decent quarterback I agree. Um, or at least competitive quarterback play. I, I still go with the wide receiver tight ends. Um, tight end, if you had Luke Ford, you'd feel a lot differently. But that's not used as much in this offense. Um, I'm still the wide receiver to me. How many drops you had last year? How many did you count when you went back and watched the film? I had 33, and Tom Fornelli had the tweet that Illinois had the second worst drop percentage. Yeah. I mean, th- that position, as much as any, felt uh, like I-, I know Michael Marquez play, right? That one hurt. But it felt like you needed a couple plays out of your wide receiver. Even if the quarterback throws weren't the best at all times, go make a play. Ricky Smalling had a drop against Wisconsin that could have been a touchdown on a a crossing pattern over the middle of the field. Sam Mays, multiple drops. He had a couple drops against Maryland. Against Nebraska. Nebraska was horrible. It felt like A.J. Bush was a little bit on an island, and that's why he didn't trust some of his wide receivers. They would tuck and run some of the times because his wide receivers, frankly, weren't trustable. Right? They were Mm -hmm. untrustworthy. And and now this year, you get immature baby you have sydney ricky smalling's going to be a junior there's some upside here but there's also some risk because all three of those guys ricky smalling hasn't proven a ton and sydney and immature baby have both had massive injury histories i still think ricky smalling's the best player um he's proven it right i think i I think i think sydney they are really excited about him somebody somebody told me in the program this guy's different so I, I think, but Ricky is the guy who's proven it, right? At the at the power five level, Sydney and Emotor Bebe were higher rated prospects. Um, I, I love that you've added that talent because that was my biggest issue that you just don't have enough talent. As, as much as Justice Williams and Caleb Breams are our program guys, they're well respected. They can't get separation. You need guys who can get separation. 
Hopefully Edwin Carter's healthy. What a story that Good is. Lord, cleared. He's cleared, man. I can't yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see during training camp what he's done and what he can go through, but he says he's cleared. What, what, cause the, what I was told the day or two after that happened, it was a Teddy Bridgewater injury. Oh. Right. And for him to be back within a year, that'd be an amazing story. Donnie, Donnie Navarro, we like. Dominic Stampley's on the poster. Mm-hmm. So they must think he's going to make a big impact. Um, so there is more talent. There's more speed. There's more size there. That, that's one of my position battles to watch, too, is to see how that rotation kind of settles out. Do any of the freshmen get involved there? Can Carlos Sandy get involved there? I, I don't expect that. Um, I, I would expect Navarro and Stampley be the top guys off the bench. Bernard and Davis as well. Trenard Davis in there, and then the the three juniors we just talked about. Absolutely, yeah. The wide receiver position is going to be a big, big question mark. You say Smalling's the best player, and you're right. He's the most proven player. But I have a feeling that Sydney's going to be that number one guy. When it's all said and done, I would probably say Sydney's going to lead Illinois in receptions if he's I able agree to stay with that. healthy. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because the slot they use a lot in this offense. And, and Mikey Dudek's injury just absolutely, again, just crushed Illinois. Because you saw in the first game, what do you have, five, six catches? For eighty something, like he's four he's catches just, for sixty yards and had the big punt touchdown. return. Yeah, and the touchdown. And a touchdown. Yeah, like I, yeah. So for me, that was just a huge injury. They didn't have another weapon like that, and that really hurt Ricky Smalling as well. All right, um, biggest strength on defense. Secondary for sure. I think that uh, Quan Martin, Nate Hobbs are going to take another step forward. They're going to be really, really good corners. I like Sidney Brown and Tony Adams if they're at safety. And then Marquez Beeson's a big X factor here. He's going to play a lot. And he has, you know, he has a little bit of swagger. He plays with a high, high motor. He ha- when the ball's in his hands, he's a playmaker. He's a ball hawk. I think the secondary could be really good. It really comes down to, though, is one, can Illinois stop the run so teams are forced to pass? And two, can they, Illinois have any pass rush at all that may- yep. allows the secondary to be able to go up and make some plays? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think the traits of these cornerbacks are all pro caliber. Um, Nate Hobbs, you know how much I love him. Uh, he's the best athlete on the team. But Marquez Beast is ridiculously quick. The way he can break on passes, right? I, I think, and, and this competitiveness and the length. Quan Martin got picked on last year, but how I saw him bounce back in the spring, the, the strength he's added, the plays he made in the spring, uh, they are really high on him. And what, what's their nickname? They, they called themselves the Clamp, clamp Down crew. crew. Yeah, yeah clamp the Clamp crew. crew. Okay, the Clamp Crew. I love that. I, it's yeah. trademark it right now. And then at safety, you feel like you have three guys that can compete. I, I think Sidney Brown didn't have a Bennett Williams uh, freshman season. Who does? Uh, and you certainly missed Bennett. But Sidney is, uh, I think, even better against the run. I think he's faster. Um, we'll see if he can make more plays in the ball. But now you get Tony Adams, hopefully healthy for a year. And if not, you got uh, Stanley Green, who's been a pretty solid performer for you. So the depth is interesting. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, is he going to be a factor in the two deep right away? Nick Walker. But I agree. I, I feel like that's where you have the playmakers. It feels like that's where your best athletes on the team are. They've recruited defensive back relatively well. I think I still have some qualms with what they're doing in the class of 2020. They still need to add some guys, but overall, for the most part, they got some guys back there. I mean, Bennett Williams is an underrated guy, and you see that he's having a visit to Oregon. Why? Because he's really, really good. Now, Sidney Brown, I think, will kind of step into that Bennett Williams role again this year, and Brown is stronger and faster than Williams, so I think you could see him have a really good sophomore season, but really, the X factor for this entire cornerback room is is Marquez, and if, if Beeson with the player that he looks like, the player that projected, you know, a top 100 recruit, and if he is mm-hmm. that type of player, 
that secondary could be a major, major strength. Well, this feels like if the defense is going to take a big step forward, I, I don't think this is going to be a great pass rush team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is going to be a like, – they're going to have to blitz a little bit this year. But I think you have the secondary to do that. And if you get pressure on college quarterbacks, right, they're completely different animals. I mean, it, it, it's the same in the NFL. Like, you get pressure on guys, whether it's blitz or whatever, and I hope Illinois does that more. I hope Lovey gets more aggressive because he did show that a little bit, especially against Minnesota. And you saw Illinois get a bunch of picks, right? And that's the identity. Last year they had, what, 10 interceptions in the secondary? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and 15 were from their secondary. Yeah, yeah they had 15 interceptions overall. I think this crew can score some touchdowns, yeah. right? Like I, I think this is the team, this is the group that that flips the field, and I think this could be the year. It needs to be the year where you start to see lovey ball, right? The takeaways, the touchdowns, the pick sixes, the stuff we saw with the Bears and Nathan Vasher and Charles Tillman and you know all those guys that were playing for so long. Like you just got a bunch of big game changing play. Well, and you have a linebacker too like Dale Harding who's a great blitzer, right? Maybe their number mm-hmm. one blitzer that maybe you can use that a little bit more. And what when's the last time Illinois returned a touchdown or an interception for a touchdown? They thought they had one last year in Delshawn Phillips and then that got got called back with a flag. I mean, what is it? Vangelo Bentley in 2013? Like it's time to rewrite that record book as well and get something done here because Beeson, Hobbs, and Martin all have that capability. I think Adams and, and and Brown do, and I'm not opposed to Stanley Green either. I don't I don't see him being a big interceptions guy, but he can force fumbles. We've sh- he's showcased mm-hmm. that so far this in his career. So I like where the secondary is. I like the athleticism that the linebacker core has added. It all comes down to defensive end for me. That's it. That, that's that's now sadly the biggest question, and and not that I, I think defensive line depth is a strength. But is defensive line difference makers? Like that, that's the big weakness for me is because Roundtree's gone. Jamal Woods had a nice start to the year last year, but he didn't play during Big Ten play for most of it, right? So played a little bit against Penn State, then got hurt late in the game uh, and missed the rest of the season. So Jamal Milan, I think, is a solid defensive tackle. Is he going to make game changing plays or can he free somebody else up to make game changing plays? Owen Carney needs to take a step forward. Isaiah Gay, where are you at, right? I mean, this is the next step they need, but he's missed the last two spring balls, had a really bad year last year. And I think that now there's a lot of pressure, Isaac, on, on Wally Batika, who certainly looks the part, but I'm very interested during training camp to see how he looks playing football. Yeah, I think Wally Batiku and Calvin Avery are two guys that really have a lot more attention on them because they need to be game wreckers. They're both high high recruits for a reason, and they have to be wrecking balls in the middle of that defensive line. And Wally Batiku looks great. He has outstanding guns. You know, he, he never misses arm day. He, he's a really, really good athlete, but we're not sure what a type of football player he is. And again, this is also puts a lot of emphasis on Austin Clark's ability to coach. Yeah, and, yeah and, it's an X factor. And Mike Fair was a great great defensive line coach and that's a tough loss there's a reason why the NFL wanted him and Austin Clark has been an awesome recruiter but there were struggles last year on the defensive ends and we weren't sure if if we should blame Austin Clark for some of those so he needs to be able to coach these guys up Owen Carney had 27 offers out of high school you got to be able to play at at this level after having double digit starts the last couple years Isaiah Gay can needs to be on the field a little bit more. Wale Batiku, I think I, you, it's time for somebody to step up and, and be that guy now that Bobby's out. And as exciting as the three freshman defensive linemen they ain't are, ready. We've seen that. Yeah, we saw that two years ago, right? Bobby Roundtree wasn't ready. 
and he had to play, and, and you're going to really struggle. The answers are your veterans. As, as exciting as these newcomers are, um, the, the freshmen, right, your answers are, are the guys you've been developing for two years. And maybe Apollo can play a little bit this year. Maybe, maybe he has to. Uh, but I don't think that's a great, I don't think that's who you're going in if you're a fan relying on. Or even Ezekiel Holmes, who's a guy that's been brought up on our board right. a couple times. Like, yeah, he's, he's a redshirt freshman, but he missed all of spring ball. He was really raw. I think Io Shogbanyo is going to play more. Great than athlete, him. but I mean, we have to, sh- we have to see it more. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and Shogbanyo, is interesting. He's, he reminds me a situational little bit of Situational pass rushers. Exactly. Yeah. They're situational pass rushers. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to, is Carney a Big Ten defensive end? Is Gay a Big Ten pass rusher that can be effective? Can Batiku touch into his a little bit of his ceiling? Can you know Milan stay on the field and Avery be a, a piece? So I like the numbers that you have here. I think Larry Oladipo is a dark horse here guy that could compete at multiple spots. Mm-hmm. There's depth at the defensive line. But playmakers, proven playmakers, your number one proven playmaker was Bobby Roundtree, and unfortunately he's not on the field. I also think, even though you and I have talked about this a lot, I like the improving depth at linebacker. There's questions there, though, right? Like, Dele Harding had a great spring, and, and I know he's a guy they were high on. Even when um, Trey Watson was here, they really liked Dele Harding and thought he was their future starter. So I think he's going to start at middle linebacker. Jake Hansen's one of the top poster boys this year, so I think I'm going to pen him in as weak side linebacker. Um, but then Delano Ware moves up to, to strong side, and you had Milo Eifor and Shimon Cooper but again, it's kind of like the defensive line. Who's a proven playmaker? Right? No one. Right. And I think Daly Harding showcased in the spring he's ready to be that leader. I expect him to have a good good senior year. Great blitzer. Yeah. Great blitzer. Oh, like really, really good. I think Hanson takes a step forward. I think we, we kind of dogged Hanson a little bit last year because he was bad in the pass game. But again, it was only his first year playing football at the Big Ten level. Like he had he coming was, off a bad injury. So he was great tackler. Great. Great, great scraping. Uh, I know Jay Lehman likes him. He, he knows he's got to make some improvement. But we got to remember that was his first year really mm-hmm. playing, right? So I thought there were some really positives out of him, but he obviously has some growth, and that's where you hope that experience pays off this year. But they love him. Yeah, and then to have Ware and Eifler and Shimon Cooper as your 3, 4, and 5 linebackers, I, I, I love that, right? I, I think those guys are athletic freaks that are going to play. Too. Tolson's decent. I, I, I think Tariq Barnes has the speed to play at this level as well. Probably not as a true freshman, but he could be a, a guy on special teams. So those linebackers, on paper, they're more athletic, we got to see it proven on the field. And, yeah. and that's the thing. There's so many ifs about this <laughs> Illinois defense. If right. Levy calls it right, if right. they're more aggressive, if the secondary stays healthy, at some point you, you just need some proven commodities. Yeah, here's, here's the whole thing about the defense and probably this entire program, right? There's more talent. There's more depth. You have experience. But you need to show it on the field, right? Like, you have you feel like you have more pieces than you've had. You have higher-end pieces than you've had. But can you put it all together on the field this year, and can you prove that you have the difference makers to win the games um, and change those blots into competitive games and throw, change those competitive games into wins? That's kind of this entire season in a nutshell yeah. for Illinois football. I mean, and they haven't even been in a close game late where they, you know what I mean? Like, they had one close game late where they made North enough West play. Right. That's, I guess USF was a close game late. So they, yeah. have, they had two. Like, that's just, you just haven't seen this team in crunch time be able to execute on the goal line on fourth and one when you're down by four in a road environment. Like, you just haven't seen that yet. So they need to get themselves into that position. I agree. This roster is better. 
But at the end of the day, Luke Ford and Bobby Roundtree would have probably been your top two NFL prospects. Him and Alex Palczewski probably right there too. And both of those guys aren't on the field this year. So there is some talent level that you you could have had that you're not going to have. Yeah, and we talked about Boyd, Williams, Dorsey. Yeah, Yeah. if you had all those guys on the field this year, boy. All right, um, before we get to our freshman expectations and and we pick out a couple guys, we give our top five players on the team, we'll do that in our last segment. Um, Quarterback. I feel like we've done this ad nauseum, um, but what are your lingering quarterback thoughts, Isaac, going into camp where this is going to be the major focus? I'm sure we'll do a podcast after the first practice <laughs> on Friday, breaking down every throw we see from these guys. You're going to have every story possible of our quarterback, right. like all that stuff. Is anything changed for you going into camp? Yes and no. I, I, I guess thing, the things that have changed is this. W- before, when Brandon Peters got on board, I was all on the, okay, if Brandon Peters is clearly better, he's going to play, and that hasn't changed. I think the only thing that's really changed for me is that as it gets closer and closer, and as I hear more about Isaiah Williams, I get more and more excited about the fact and, and, and the potential of what that offense could possibly look like. So, again, I, I've, I've wrote about it. I've said it uh, multiple times. I think Isaiah Williams it could win the job and has a really good chance. But as we go into training camp, it's going to come down to who's the better option. And it, it comes down to what Rod Smith wants out of his quarterback. Because if Brandon Peters is under center, you're not going to have a quarterback that runs for 1,000 yards. But your passing game could be better. Isaiah Williams, if he's the quarterback, I think you could see a quarterback that could run for maybe 500 yards or 600 yards this year. But are you going to sacrifice a little bit in the pass game? It's just so fascinating there's so many things that are going to go back and forth. Williams and Peters are so different. That's why that's why spring ball is so fun. And also, we're not we we can't count out Matt Robinson because it, maybe he goes out and has a great training camp again and, and showcases why he should be in in this discussion for the the starting job as well. The last five years, here's the quarterback rating for Illinois: oh passer passer efficiency rating. Last year, 106.1, uh, 2017, 98.1, and somehow Rutgers was worse. Uh, 2016, 107.2, 2015, 109.3, 2014, when you had Riley O'Toole and Westland, 131.5. Okay. And, and you made a bowl game. Okay. So you need and to get so to the 130 range. You've been 12th or 13th in the Big Ten, and sometimes there weren't even 14 Big Ten starting quarterbacks who qualified for the passer efficiency rating the last four years. Time to change that. Uh, you know, I, I know defense needs to be fixed, all that stuff. If you get to 120 passer efficiency rating, which you probably need to be a little higher than that, yeah. but if you get to 120 or 125, you have such a better chance. Like, such a better need, chance. With that running need, game, that offensive line, so much better. You you should have at least, I don't know if the running games would be as good as last year, number 12 in, in the country, number two in the Big Ten, and I don't think it will be if Brandon Peters is your quarterback, but your passing game has to stretch the field. Uh, has to. So whoever does the best job of that, whoever makes the least mistakes, listen, I would love for Isaiah Williams to be the quarterback. I've watched him up close. I think he's going to be dynamic eventually as a Big Ten quarterback. But there's a huge change from going against Cardinal Ritter than going up against Wisconsin. Right or or Nebraska, even Nebraska, which has a great defense. Or Iowa. There's a huge difference. Brandon Peters has done it. He's been okay when he did it. He didn't win the job in 2018 when Shea Patterson got there. But he's got a big arm. He's a talented guy. He can move a little bit in the pocket. So I'm just I'm just ready to see it. I'm yeah. ready to see what brings out of this competition. I've heard great things about Isaiah Williams this summer. Teammates rally around him. He's a leader among the freshmen. Uh, he gets to work as hard as anybody. But I've heard good things about Brandon Peters and what he brings to the program too. So this feels like the best quarterback situation, quarterback battle Illinois has had 
you know, since, since 2014. Fieldhouse. Well, even since 2014 when he had Westlund and Riley O'Toole, right? You felt like I didn't think Riley O'Toole was going to do what he did, right? I, I didn't think he was going to do that. But Westlund at least gave you a chance to be a competitive offense. Nathan Shios obviously was the best, and that's what you hope for with Isaiah Williams is you have a four-year quarterback or a three-plus-year quarterback. And I think eventually Isaiah Williams is going to start games this year. I think that he's that dynamic. But if Brandon Peters is better, he starts this year. Sure, and, and, and the smart money is on Brandon Peters to be ready by week one because the, uh, the look at back at, at uh, true freshman quarterbacks that come in and start from week one, Like there's just not a good true freshman quarterback that comes in. Even a guy as good as Trevor Lawrence is, who's going to be a no-doubt draft pick in 2021 at Clemson, he had to sit a little bit and wait and get ready to roll and then pass up Kelly Bryant. So yeah, Adrian Martinez is rare. Very right? rare. I mean, what Juice Williams, remember him as a true freshman? It was horrible. Josh Jackson at Virginia Tech had to redshirt and had a great redshirt freshman year, but he had to redshirt because he wasn't ready to go. Like, it, there's just Art Sitkowski, true freshman last year at, at Rutgers. Horrible, horrible year. Like, it's not true freshman quarterbacks don't come in and just light the world on fly. On Look fire. at Peyton Manning in the NFL, right? Right, right. Like, <laughs> on the interception. there's going to be a learning curve here. So, if Brandon Peters is better, I agree he should play. But if it's close, if it's even, if it's like tied, I give it to Isaiah Williams, and I go, because that's the future of your team, and that's the future of what Illinois football is going to be. The jolt it would give your Recruiting. team, if, if, especially if he wins, right? If he's your quarterback, he's leading you to wins, he's leading you to turn around. He's in the competition for Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Yeah, that'd be a fantastic story. I think they'd like him to win the job. I have no doubt about that. But I, you know, there's a lot of people saying like, if Lovey's back for 2020, or uh, should they just go with Isaiah Williams? And everybody's writing this stuff before they even compete. Right. Like, right. This is why we have training camp. Right. Right. AJ Bush, like it was a competition going in last year. Now they knew AJ Bush would probably win it. Right. That was the whole plan. But he blew them out of the water, right? So that's why Lovey Smith, after two weeks, is like, I'm not going to hide this from you guys. He's our starter, right? So I think they're going to do the same thing this year. If somebody blows you out of the water, if Brandon Peters runs away with it, they'll name him the starter. They'll find a way to get Isaiah on the field. Um, or if Isaiah wins it, they're just going to name him the starter and move forward. Well, and remember, multiple quarterbacks have played for Illinois for the last, each of the last three or four years. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it, both of these guys are going to be on the field. There's going to be an injury that happens. There's going to be a guy that underwhelms. And then, you know, like, like Lauren Tate said last year, the backup quarterback's the most popular name in town, <laughs> right? That's going to happen if Brandon and Peters has th- one bad game and Isaiah yep. Williams is One back. bad throw. One, one, one bad throw, and you're going to The hear overreactions it. on Twitter are going to be unbelievable. I mean, in Inside the stadium, the, the murmurs. Yeah. If he throws a pick in the first series against Akron, like, yeah, it's going to be, oh, get Isaiah in there. He needs to get in there. Like, like that's going to be the hard part with Brandon Peters that he has to deal with. It'll be so funny, too, because you'll have the people that, if, if Isaiah Williams is the guy and he maybe he's bad at the beginning and Brandon Peters comes in, you'll have the guys be like, I knew it all along. Brandon Peters was the guy. <laughs> or, you know, the other way around. I yeah. knew it all along. Isaiah was the guy. So it, it'll be a good back and forth. Competition's a good thing. And training camp's going to bring the best out of both of those guys. And yeah. whichever one steps up and rises occasion will be the starting quarterback because we know Rod Smith doesn't play favorites. It if you can't do it in front of Isaac Trotter and I at training camp, you're not going to do it in front of uh, Purdue Crowder or whatever. People, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. All right, uh, when we come back, let's talk about the freshman expectations. Uh, we've talked about Isaiah, but let's break down some of the other guys. And then we got to pick our top five players on the team and our guy. Who's our guy this year? That's coming up. Grab your VIP pass. 
Alright, Isaac Trotter, before we get to the freshmen, let's name the top five players on this team. Because it always changes during the year. And it's amazing. Like, Reggie Corbin would not have been in our top five. No way. Last year. Like, Mike Epstein would have, right? Like, it's, it's amazing how it changes as the season goes along. Bennett Williams would have been in our top five. Lou Dorsey might have been in our top five. So let's start with number one. Who is your number one player on the Illinois football roster? Alex Palczewski. I think that I totally agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I and mean, it's not because we're nerds about offensive line play, but he's just he's just good. Twenty three starts. Uh, the, his only start was the first game of his college career where he was injured and he couldn't play. So twenty three consecutive starts. He's going to be great at tackle. There's a reason why PFF had him as a first team All Big Ten type of player after his sophomore season, and I think he's added more to his body. He's going to be a better leader. He's stronger. He's the leader of that offensive line. I think he's going to have a huge, huge season. So he's number one on my list. Honestly, I thought he had as good of a year, if not better, than Nick Allegretti last year. And I liked Nick last year. He, had a, he was a second-team All-Big Ten player. I thought Palcho was fantastic. He needs to improve in the passing game, but I think after a year being out on an island at right tackle, I think he'll be better. But, yes, I, I think he's the best NFL prospect going into the season. Uh, another guy who will be in my top five could give him a run for his money. Who do you got number two? Reggie Corbin. I, I so know, do I. You know, no. We're boring. I got yeah. to see Hobbs was close, I guess, but like it, it's Corbin. I mean, he's the most proven third-team All-Big Ten, 1,000 yards rushing last year. I mean, without Reggie Corbin, you don't have that identity of a great offense last year, and, th- and that changed everything. So I, th- I expect him, maybe he doesn't get 1,000 yards like he did last year because an injury could happen, or maybe he doesn't bust one of those 72-yard runs, but he's going to have a very, very good season because he's a talented kid. He takes great care of his body. He's been doing the work in the offseason, so I have him at two. Yeah, uh, one of 13 running backs to run for 1,000 yards. He deserves to be on that list. Number three, Nate Hobbs. Yep, I agree. Uh, he hasn't proven it with big plays. He's only got one career interception, but boy, we finally saw it this spring. And I think if Quan Martin improves, they can't just pick on Quan, right? And that's what they did towards the end of last year, Purdue especially with Isaac Zico. But uh, Nate didn't get thrown at uh, that much last year, and and uh, he's good in run support. Um, you know, now with Bobby Roundtree, who would have been number one on my list, I think Nate Hobbs is the best player on defense. I agree, not even close. Uh, he just has this length and the athleticism. Like, he didn't get tested at all last year. I think that he's going to be great in the run game, too. I'd like to see him blitz a little bit more off the edge occasionally. I think that's a part of his game that we haven't seen enough of, and he has it in him. So he's clearly three, and you know that the staff is thinking that, too, because he got the honor of, of representing mm-hmm. the defense at Big Ten Media Day. So he's three. Now it gets interesting at four and five. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting where you go with here. I, I think this is more projection. If I wanted to go safe, I, I could go like Jamal Milan, but yeah, I didn't no. see enough disruption there last year. Uh, if I wanted to go upside, I could go a guy like Vidarian Lowe, who I think could take a step forward, sure. or Quan Martin or something like that. I'm going with Kendra Green. Wow. He's five for me. Yeah, I got I got him top. I, I loved what I saw last year because I knew it was like without him knowing exactly what he was doing. Right. I, I don't think he knew exactly everything he was supposed to do in that offense, and I thought he was solid. My right? like he, he, he made mistakes, yeah. but he would bowl over people. And then this spring, oh, boy. Yeah. 
He, he looked really nasty. Good. No, I my favorite uh, thing about Kendrick Green is watching him walk into the room and he just kind of waddles a little bit because his arms can't touch his sides because <laughs> his upper body's like just jacked right now. His neck Which, is like he came huge. in with like no upper body. Right, like he had like no upper body. When he's he got massive him. and he's just going to destroy people this year. And he, he has mm-hmm. that mindset too, that a little bit of a nastiness that you need for an offensive lineman. He, I think he, I think it was Bill Cooper, Shaman Cooper's dad, that told him uh, that Kendrick Green walked up to Bill and said, "I'm gonna put Shaman on his butt." You know. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Like he he's, he's not messing around. Like he really wants to hurt linebackers, and that's what you want out of your offensive line. He's so he's so athletic. His feet are so good. Like I don't know if it's all comes together this mm-hmm. year, but I would be shocked if he's not the second best offensive lineman. Yeah. I, so I have him at five. My, I'm, I might be buying into the hype a little bit too much here, but I got Trayvon Sydney at four. I, I have a wide receiver, but not Sydney. Yeah. He, yeah. There's something about there that, like, you just see his film, his highlights. He says he's healthy. He's ready to go. I know how Rod Smith uses the guys in the slot. There's a reason why he had all those offers. He's really talented. He just didn't get the opportunity at USC. I think he gets all the opportunity, all the targets, a, a plenty of yards. I think he has a huge, huge season. I, I think we're probably missing Blake Hayes here because I don't oh, know if there's. Oh goodness a, gracious! I, I, I don't know if anybody's better at his job than That's Blake right. Hayes, but this is kind of doing an MVP vote, right? right. That's true. And, and, and even though the Blake Hayes for MVP hashtag's been fun the last couple of years, like he's good and he's great at his job and he's been as good at his job as anybody. But I, other players make a bigger impact, and I think people are selling stock on this guy. I'm buying low because I still think this guy's really, Ricky Smalling. I think he was hurt last year, and losing Mike Dudek really hurt him, not having other reliable guys. He still had five touchdown catches last year. He's still a threat in the red zone. I, I think he's going to be better with better weapons around him, like you mentioned with Sidney, Imator Bebe, maybe even Daniel Barker, getting some of those running backs in the slot, Donnie Navarro. I just think things are going to open up for him a little bit. I think he's going to have over 600 receiving yards. Right? I, I think, And by the end of his career, Ricky Smalling is going to have – be very high on the list of receiving records. So I feel like people are counting him out now. Like, because he was not as productive as they hoped last year. Right. But I don't I don't think that was all on him. It was some on him, a lot of drops, yep. some injuries, but I, I think he takes a, a big step forward. Yeah, he now. didn't win one on one balls like I expected yeah. him to do a little bit for the last two years, but now as a junior who's played a lot, maybe now he can start flexing his muscles a little bit on some of the He's got player. muscles. Yeah, he does. He, he's jacked. <laughs> he's he's done a good job with body with loose. So I, I like the pick. He'd probably been about sixth for me, but there's just Sydney Sydney and Green for me. Me at four and five, there's just an upside there where Sydney could be the number one receiver, receiver, and Kendrick Green could be the number two offensive lineman. One thing though, I found telling about this: four of the five are on offense, only yeah. one defensive player. G- give me your sleeper pick to be in that group at the end. Jamal so like, Woods. No, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. The other guy would be Quan Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh, honest or Marquez Beeson. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people would want us to say like Calvin Avery. I don't know if I've seen that yet. Or Daley Harding, I guess. I think Delhi's like Delhi's. You, you want to be a solid, good player. Yeah. I don't know if the ceiling is ridiculous. Yeah, but I see a little bit of Jonathan Brown in him. But I don't know if he's going to have Jonathan Brown's sophomore year, uh, which was just ridiculous. But yeah, I, I think there's more competition for that. But um, I, I think we were kind of on the right train. Woods, there. Woods, and Sidney Brown, I guess, would probably be my two sleepers because I still think Sidney Brown has the upside to be a Bennett Williams, a freshman All American. No, but I mean, I think he can be a top half of the Big Ten safety in this league, no doubt in my mind. All right. Uh, freshman expectations. Who doesn't redshirt? Who doesn't redshirt? Kyron Cumbie doesn't redshirt. I don't think Shimon Cooper redshirts. 
I don't think Isaiah Williams or Marquez Beeson red shirts. Um, and then I don't think Tariq Barnes red shirts. Uh, Special teamer. Yeah, and then I get Campbell. Delvon Campbell's not going to redshirt because he's going to find Casey his Washington. Field. Those would be the two guys, right? Like those linemen are going to, yeah. like those offensive linemen need to redshirt. redshirt. Uh, the defensive the, linemen are going to redshirt. Should. I mean, Keith yeah. Randolph needs to redshirt. Seth Coleman needs to redshirt. Moses has the body to play, but I don't think he's ready to play. Um, so I think all those guys you hope redshirt. Uh, anybody else that, you know, Joseph Thompson will redshirt. I mean, Devin Witherspoon could play. He really could. He, he could be in that two deep right away. I, I, yeah. Like there's no doubt in my mind. So Fidanzo should redshirt. Fidanzo definitely should redshirt. Griffin Moore should redshirt at, at tight end. I, I, again, I, I just feel like Beeson, Williams, Cooper, and Cumby are those top four guys that are going to play a lot. And then I, I wouldn't be shocked if one of those wide receivers, not because he's good enough to play, but he just kind of has to because the numbers just aren't there. Wide receiver. <laughs> Who has more receptions? Cumby, Beeson, or Isaiah Williams? Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, or, or you could throw Delvon Campbell and Casey Washington. Question. In there. Question. Does an interception count as a reception? No, oh, an actual man. reception. Cumby, then I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> that's a fun one. That would be so fun. I, I, I think Cumby could have a really good year. I think he could be really, really fun. Like maybe he doesn't get as many touches as we think, but if he yeah. returns punts, maybe you get him a carry or two a game and just a screen or two. Like that's just a, a little X factor that you don't have. That speed. 10.36 for a uh, hundred meter dash. Like just mm-hmm. get him the ball a couple times. Yeah. So, okay. Who is your guy? Who is, who is Isaac Trotter's guy? So you can claim him now. So that when he has a big year, you can say, Oh, now you're all on the bandwagon. Kind of like I have with Hobbs. Yeah. But I'm, okay. Mine was Kendrick green though. That's fine. You, can, you yeah. can claim can him. Can I keep him? Am I allowed yeah. to keep him? That's, that's my, uh, that's my draft from last year. Yeah. Yeah. Kendrick green is the dude there. He's, he's a, He's a game changer and a bowling ball, and he hates defensive linemen, linemen and linebackers. And that's what I love the most. He just wants to kill them. And, mm-hmm. that, and so I think he's, he's going to have a really big year. And my backup one is Sidney Brown. Those are my two. I'm going Larea Oladipo. There you go. Haven't talked about him a lot here, right? I know. And I don't know. Sleeping I, on him. I don't know how much people have talked about him because listen, Tymir Oliver's played a lot of games. Jamal Milan's played a lot of games. Calvin Avery's exciting. Uh, Jamal Woods, I loved last year, and I think he's going to start. But I love L'Oreal Oladipo's strength. Uh, I, Illinois needs to stop the run. And I think he's a guy that can do it. Um, and his offer list, I, I think we saw last year during training camp, he was good. And then he got hurt, and then he had the off-field thing, and that was cleared. And now he got back to spring, and it seems like he's been all business. And, and I feel like, I don't know if he needed a wake-up call or anything, but it felt like that was like, okay, I almost lost it. Now I'm going to yeah. really focus in Cherishing on football. It. Yeah, cherish the opportunity he's gotten. I wouldn't be shocked if he's in front of Avery. I wouldn't be shocked if he's in front of Timeir Oliver. Um, and I wouldn't shock me if, you know, Isaiah Gay struggles if Laurel Oladipo's in that rotation at defensive end. So I just think he's a versatile piece that might not be a star, but I think can be a cog in that defensive line and really give you good reps in that rotation. So let's take back, look back at the history of our guys. So who are the our guys? So you had the Palcho. Yeah, Palcho was my guy. Yeah, good one. Hobbs good was call. my guy. Hobbs was good. I like Jordan Martin. Holmes. Yeah, Jordan I was gonna say Donnie Navarro has been your guy for a while. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, I got a lot of guys. I liked Bobby Walker back a couple years ago, and he had a chance. And he then he got a scholarship, so that was decent. I liked Kendrick Green, of course, and then uh, Quan Martin. Those were the three, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we've been uh, similar, kind of, kind of on the same. I like Tops too, but you already adopted him as your guy, so I couldn't really join. I, I think I took him and Palcho as recruits. I yeah, think I claimed them go. right away. There you go. So, have you claimed a 2020 recruit right away? Uh, my 2020 recruit that I love is Reggie Love. Reggie Love. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's a really good player. Also, um, Quentin McCoy could be pretty decent. <laughs> just, cl- <laughs> just claim them all. Uh, I will go Pfeiffer Griffin. Yeah, I like that pick there. I like six foot six dudes who are three hundred pounds. <laughs> like, there's just something about those dudes. I like Kevin Tyler too, but uh, I'll, I'll take Pfeiffer Griffin there. Are no deep cuts today? Seriously, no third string defensive tackles. Yeah, like yeah. Let's get into Who's it. Who's our I mean, walk that's, on that's going to get a scholarship? <laughs> Stover, right? It's got to I mean, be if, right. If, if Stover plays this year as like a reserve. Lyman, he's got to get one. Uh, I know, I know, but they're crunched on Scowies here, right? They are, they are. I mean, um, maybe, maybe Ethan Tabell finally gets one, but I mean, long snapper. Long snappers usually don't. How many tackles does Dawson DeGroote have this year? <laughs> who has more? Who has more tackles? I gotta do. Yeah, we gotta do our over unders at some point after training camp. Who has more tackles, Dawson DeGroote or Nick Walker? Let, let's go. <laughs> let's go here. Uh, who is the fifth linebacker? Uh, Shamond. Yeah, I liked Kalen's spring, but Shimon just got that length that they really need, right? And he's a stud. I feel like he's just going to adapt to the system well. Who is the fourth corner? Um, I, I got a wild card there. Witherspoon. I'm going to go Tony Adams. Oh, you think he's coming back to corner? I, I wouldn't hate that. I, I think if, if they have an injury where a guy misses a couple games, I think Tony moves back up to corner. And, Very fair. Yeah, I think they could do that. And then probably need Mar- Michael Marques at safety, which, hey, stop hating on Michael Marques. Yes. It was a bad play, but uh, he did some good things. At he made some plays year. against Northwestern, too, late in the season. That yeah. Great. Uh, I got one. Who is your number seven offensive lineman? So we have Stover six? Yeah, we'll go Stover six. Uh, I think Cerny would be the tackle. I'm really interested to see if Jordan Slaughter is out at tackle. Um, if he gets reps there, because I don't Pearl. know if Julian Pearl will be ready. Yeah. Um, I think Vidarian or uh, Virtus Brown. Yeah. I, I think I think Virtus Brown is. I think he's got a chance to pass up Stover here, just the way they talk about him. Uh, just I don't know if he's ready completely, Isaac, but the way they talk about him is like the way they talk about Kendrick Green. And he's got a frame that you really like, and you know he's going to be strong. Versus, he's not going to get pushed around on the line anymore. And he moves so well right. for his size. He moves so well, and. I don't know if I've met a like watching him come up as a recruit and now as a player. Um, what a great kid! Great, kid. Like, he, he's just a great. It seems like a great human. I mean, you saw it when he committed. Uh, committed um, the way he's uh, went to the staff and said, "I want to change positions. I think it's best for me, and I think it's best for the team." Yep. The um, way he handled the red red shirt academic red shirt year was yeah. very good. He didn't have any issues with that. God, it'd be great for the program if you know Kendrick Green and Alex Pacheski and Darren. Like you think of all the in-staters mm-hmm. on that. Like, Ricky Smalling. They've done really well recruiting in-state linemen, right? Mm-hmm. Offensive linemen, right? So and, and yeah, then you look at the defensive line: Laurel Depot, Jamal Milan around there as well. Um, so yeah, that, that's where you like to get some of these more in-state kids bought in if these guys uh, have a lot of success. Virtus is is has been a, a guy I've really liked. Yeah. Um, I probably should claim him as my guy. You too, probably should. Because if, if one of those guys, whether it's center or guard, has an injury, I think he's going to be the guy that comes in. Very, very true. Okay, fourth wide receiver. <laughs> I love these deep cuts. I, I would probably go 
Donnie Navarro, Dominic Stamp. I mean, Stampley's on the poster. Does that change my opinion? No, I've seen I've seen Donnie Navarro. I'll go Donnie Navarro as my four guy. Okay, I prob- I'm probably on the Stampley one over Navarro. I gotta I gotta stick with my guy. That, right? That, that's right. That is right. Stampley's more explosive. Yeah, like he's got he's got more. And he's speed. more proven. I don't know. Navarro was pretty good at Valpo. Navarro was pretty good at Valpo. You're right. But uh, Stampley made some really big plays in Big Ten games last year. Against Maryland. Yes. And Northwestern, he had a decent game. And right? against Minnesota, he had eight catches for 50 yards. Yeah. He had three great games. Right. And then the rest. No, Nebraska. Oy, so, boy. So, but there, there's a transition for him, right, from coming from Juco. Um, let's see. Another deep cut. Uh, Caleb Griffin field goal percentage this year. Uh, 80. 75? Oh, I, 75? I was going to 81. 80, 80, that's 81. pretty dang good. He's pretty that, that's good. A, that's above Chase. Chase yeah. was 80 last that's year. That's true. Okay, but let's Chase go 77. Made, Chase made bombs last year. That's right. <laughs> oh, but Caleb hit, what, a 52-yarder in the spring game? Yeah. He looked, he looked really he good. He says he has leg range out to 55 now, is what he told me. Who gets the most returns as both uh, combined, kick return or punt return? Cumbie. You, know you know who's good in that role, though? Trey Brown. Yeah, <laughs> I like him back there. He's really fun. He's really good too. He's pretty oh, good. Ah, I got a good one. I got a good one. Who ends the season with more carries, Mike Epstein or Rayvon Bonner? Boy, that's a good one. We could do mm. this all day. Mike's such a injury risk, right? Yes, but, but so he's is so Rayvon. Good. He's so yeah. Ray, I mean, Rayvon's had a horrible I, concussion. Nothing against Rayvon. I hope it's Mike Epstein. Yeah, because he's good. I mean, him and Corbin together. I mean, Rayvon was really good last year. It almost got overlooked how good he was. And Dre, we, we've seen flashes of Dre being really good. And I think Jakari Norwood can contribute. But I'll go Epstein. I'm going to be positive and, would, and see him get through a season. I would love for him to play 12 games because there could be an absolute scenario where I see Epstein passing Corbin as the starter and becomes that guy because he's a more well-rounded running back than, than, than Corbin is. And better in between the tackles sometimes. Like Just them together, though, would be so fun. 12 games of Mike Epstein. I think he's got 730-something rushing yards Yes, with five yards a pop. Yes. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's been over two years. His career yards per carry is like 6.5. All right. Going into training camp, Isaac. Projected record. Oh, no. I'll, I'll go first. Okay. I haven't changed since the spring, since the end of last season. I still see this as a 5-7 and seven team. Uh, what would change for me is if I see the defensive line take a big step forward. Like, if I see them... Because I think this offensive line is going to be good. Because we've seen it from them, right? But if I see the defensive line have more good days than not against this offensive line, I think this team I might change to a six. And if I see quarterback play that is improved upon last year, I can get to six. To be honest, I'm between four and five. I'm closer to five than I am four. And I, I, I'll go five and seven. I think they find a way to, to do an upset. It just It's hard for me to think that another upset comes. And I'd be much closer to going six and six if Bobby was on the field. And I, yeah. I just feel like that loss is just insurmountable. And if Luke Ford was on the field, I'd feel even better about that. I expect the product on the field to look a lot better. I don't think Illinois gets blown out. I just find find them winning five games and having a couple close losses that they'll really kick themselves about later in the season. This feels like the most meaningful training camp in a while. Really long time. Right? I, I, I mean, 2015 was weird. Um, well, I guess it was the week before the season, but I, it was like, well, Beckman's back, and then all of a sudden he was gone a week before the season, right? Um, so it was like, could they make back-to-back bowls? There was some intrigue there. But then, 
You know, 2016, you're just like, oh, Ugh. man, this, this roster's not very good. 2017, it's like, they're going to be bad. 2018, you knew they were going to struggle even if they took a step forward. This year, it feels like there's much more on the line, much more intrigue, much more talent on the field. They're going to look like a Big Ten team, uh, and we're going to cover the heck out of it. It's going to be great. I, I think we're going to have, what, three or four stories today? Oh, I have an addition to my my guy segment. Um, oh. Wale Batiku has to be on my guy segment because I yeah. love him. You just love the way it looks. He doesn't look good in a uniform. I've also worked out with him like twice now, and he's just a freak. Uh, What'd you guys do? Uh, So we did chest day together, and he's unbelievably good on that. And then he was trying (laughs) to have me do like ab day with him. I'm not about the core workouts at all. And so he's just like killing it with all of these different ab workouts. I'm like, I cannot even do what you're trying to do. So yeah. do some yoga with him. It was. Or it was. It just kind of. It wasn't like we planned to work out together. We just happened to be working out together, and he remembered me and didn't hate me. So we. Worked there you go. It was there nice. you go. So you were working out next to him. Exactly. That's right. Okay. And he makes you feel really bad because he like is curling like <laughs> sixty five pound weights in there. Well, he's six five two thirty. I hope he can do that. I'm but six that, four and two twenty. So the okay. fact, yeah, we're close in size ish. We just look very different. Five nine one ninety here, so I don't feel so bad about it. Uh, yeah, we're going to cover the heck out of training camp. We're actually going to have a promo coming up this week where you can get three months for one. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, so definitely get, take advantage of that because we're going to have our quarterback calibrated practice notes, features, breakdowns of everything that's happening. Um, we cover the heck out of it. So if you love your line of football coverage, we'll have some podcasts through it, but uh, it's it's not that much money to do this. What, nine ninety five for three months, or if you want to do 30% off for an entire year you can get that uh plus we'll have all the recruiting news and it seems like that's going to heat up even more here Isaac. yep it should be great and obviously thanks so much for people who are listening the the feedback for this podcast has just been unbelievable yeah. and it's really nice to tune in to, to you know check those numbers out and see that a lot of people are are wanting this content hopefully we can continue to make you happy with everything we're coming out with that does it for our season season preview of the 2019 Illini football season. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us, tell your friends about us, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast.